Hey everybody, I just wanted to start off and welcome you to episode three of my podcast, The Climb from Rock Bottom. I'm here with a really good friend of mine. Uh, his name is Brandon, and he's actually one of the first people who I invited to be out on the podcast. Um, he's actually the one that eh, kind of forced me to do it <laughs> um, because I wanted to like start this and I had that ambition, but it was hard for me to be vulnerable. And it wasn't until he reached out and said, Hey, are you going to start this thing where I actually like started to pursue it? So, hi. <laughs> Glad we finally got to do this. I know. Way to call me on my shit. <laughs> uh, of course. Yeah. That's uh, in the gym community. That's what we look towards is because <laughs> that initial initiative doesn't, doesn't carry very far. Yep. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so just go ahead and start up and just kind of introduce yourself, you know? Yeah, of course. So, uh, for those who don't know me, uh, my name's Brandon Hatley. I... Grew up in Southern Oregon, small town called uh, Coos Bay. Went to Marshfield High, um, did track and field there. Been up in this area for a couple years now after college. Moved up, started working for uh, Boeing, and it's fairly recently I uh, met Akaya. As we were working out, she was actually training my wife and uh, just grew that community. So now we're training at the same gym together and mm-hmm. pursuing our goals. Okay, yeah. I I loved training Tarina. It was like I only got to train her once a month, and but when I did, I like planned it. <laughs> like I'm like she's somebody that can truly suffer. So well, you had the right energy too. That it was just it was encouraging and uh, motivated her and myself to work a little bit harder mm-hmm. just from that positive energy. Yeah, and you were kicking ass anyway too with your hanging upside down stuff. And <laughs> Uh, I'd walk into the gym and he would be just dangling by his ankles and be like, hey, what up? You know? <laughs> so that may have looked cool, but the uh, sad reality of it is I was doing everything possible to try to heal a uh, hip injury. Uh, so oh my gosh, it's like trying to get as. I was doing the like inversion training just to try to stretch because being 28 and realizing, huh, my skeletal structure is, you know, <laughs> late 40s. Okay, might have to uh, intervene somehow. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, God, if I knew that, I worked for a chiropractic place, and they would literally just give you give you some hell. <laughs> um, but awesome. So um, go ahead and actually, I, 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 Brandon's story is actually something that like I'm just genuinely super excited about. Um, it, and be mindful that it is hard for many people to be vulnerable, you know, so that's why I appreciate him coming on my podcast. Um, but I'll just kind of let you take the floor. Where is your uh, beginning? So, as I was mentioning earlier, um, grew up in Coos Bay, Oregon. Uh, my family life, unlike a lot of people, was actually growing up very supportive. I had a great mom who sacrificed a lot uh, into my education and allowing me as a growing young man to pursue my goals. And my father, who was the best man I ever knew, he was a the example of what I looked for to be a man myself. So I, I didn't have the home life, the broken family, um, a lot of those pains that people talk about, but you know, everybody's their own person and growing up through high school, as I was trying to find my way in the world, I started dealing with a lot of insecurities, um, which in the true fake it till you make it approach came off a lot as arrogance in myself. Young man trying to figure out what his role was in the world, even though I had all the support I could possibly ask for from family. There's, you're in a new setting. Um, 
doing new sports, uh, competing academically, there was always some sort of chip on my shoulder for every single thing that I pursued. And in those, dealing with those insecurities of not feeling like I was validating myself, I put up that arrogance. So I'd come off as overly cocky. Meanwhile, every little comment people made would be ringing with me for years Mm -hmm. to come. So trying to find that reason for becoming the man that I wanted to be, every aspect of that was influenced by the way people saw me and the way that I wanted to appear. As I mentioned, I looked at my father being the example of the kind of man I wanted to be, but there was a lot of the superficial aspects outside of the lessons that he taught me, honor, integrity, being a good man, being a good friend, that the dumbest little things. Um, I mentioned I did track and field and I was a perennial silver medalist uh, among my team where I was good across a lot of events, but there's always, there's always somebody better. So I always have had that feeling of needing to prove something. Yeah. So bounced around uh, out of high school, immediately went to George Fox University in the greater Portland area, had a great time there, went with some of my best friends out of high school, but was pursuing pre-med at that time and discovered that I I really don't like biology. So (laughs) was kind of having to find a new identity because even that I pursued pre-med because that was the image that I thought meant success. Mm -hmm. That was the value that I gave to myself was this title meant something. Um, Bounced around, eventually fell into uh, the Oregon Institute of Technology. This was about two years after I left high school. I started pursuing mechanical engineering there. Um, I had originally gone to college and was still pursuing track and field goals. I felt very confident in my skill base, but always had that wanting to prove something. And due to disagreements with uh, coaches and stuff like that, I ended up dropping out of track and field altogether. So I'm entering OIT, no sport, which was the major place that I devoted a lot of my attention and had a lot of the energy of trying to prove myself was going into that specific field. So my life has been a example of when it rains, it pours. Yeah. So after two years of being outside of, uh, living with my family outside of the Coos Bay area, that, that strong family structure that I had started to show more fractures. Um, There's numerous reasons for that, but starting with my dad getting a pretty major shoulder injury, which put him on pharmaceuticals. Now, I celebrate uh, modern medicine and that, but there are certain pharmaceuticals that are just not for everybody, particularly somebody who I come to learn had a pretty involved history with substance abuse problems in the past. So we're getting into a couple years of me being outside the family and me still looking at them as my foundation, the trying to find my way in the world. I still had that strong foundation with my family and going back home, realizing I, 
I don't recognize these people. The, the tension between them and the way that they had both changed. My father, with the initial substance abuse, um, obviously things, once you get that ball rolling and you were somebody who had a history of problems in that area, go right back down the same road and that began to show itself in not only the substance abuse, but also I can call it demons of your past, call it mental illness, whatever it is. It still comes back. Like it's, it's, it dug up something that was old, but kind of reignited it. What you're saying. Yeah. And in all that, there was just a, a darkness to that man that had sat beside me who would be supportive, teach me all those lessons that I was too stubborn to take his word for. I started recognizing in him that that was gone, that I, I didn't know this man anymore. And if that was affecting me, you look at my mother who was confused first of all, by the change, um, didn't handle it well, was not supportive in the same sort of way. And my family, uh, fell apart during those years to the point that I, I was under a lot of pressure to, on the one side, try to, people were looking at me because of my relationship with my father to be the lifeline to somebody who didn't want help, to somebody I didn't recognize, to somebody who saw the world through a different, different set of lenses, be it mental, mentally ill lenses or substance abuse influenced or some mixture of the both. And then the pressure that my mother put on me from that of her having this man that she was in love with fall away to her going down deep in depression routes where she was barely eating. I was worried about her safety. This is all while I'm trying to bite off a mechanical engineering degree. Jeez, yeah. So the stress of life just started piling on there, where I was like, still trying to show a tough exterior. Mm-hmm. I played things confident, and most people would never see that, even though I'm constantly smiling, making jokes, that there was deep confusion inside, right. a real identity crisis, all that stuff that I had struggled to find my own confidence in myself, well, that's getting shaken when all the life lessons that I thought I learned weren't applying to the very people who had taught them to me to start with. Absolutely. Plus, you had to be able to manage your own feelings. Like, like one, taking coming home to something completely different, right? You're going into an environment where there's, you know, just stress and tension, and it's not the same on top of handling a degree, and there's stress there on top of you know, your own personal internal battle, it sounds like there were just consistent battles no matter where you went. There was, like, no escape from it. Yeah, and that's... That was one of the major issues, too, is trying to figure out how... Because, obviously, that is my family, but also trying to live my own life and not being sure how I feel about things. That's why all of my feelings got tucked down. Yeah. Just suppress it. Just keep putting on that tough exterior for Mm -hmm. people. And I was mentioning that in my life when it rains it pours there's always these lessons that I'm having to be taught the hardest way possible um I mentioned that in college I no longer was doing track and field 
Mm. Well, the Oregon Tech rugby coach recognized me in the admissions office because I had played um, some pretty casual uh, club rugby back in Coos Bay. Mm. Recognized me because I had made an impact. I was a good player. So he invited me out to play. So I, in the midst of everything going on, trying to figure this out, well, now I had a team structure again. I had some competitive focus so and some identity. The whole culture of the uh, rugby team at that school gave me some place to focus and uh, start feeling or faking that confidence a little bit. Um, I bring that up because right about this same time, I was playing rugby and always having a chip on my shoulder, something to prove. Uh, we were playing a very casual uh, game one Saturday against a team that didn't bring a full squad, so they needed some loner players. Mm-hmm. I volunteered to loan to the other team because I was a good player and there were some debates about who the fastest guy was on our team, so I wanted to go to the other team and prove, <laughs> of course, just with the cocky arrogance that yeah, I was way, faster yeah. and that you'll notice when I'm playing for the other team. Mm-hmm. Well during that game there was a breakaway from the other guy that people debated was faster than me on the team I was 10 yards back and realized immediately this is my opportunity and Mm -hmm. I caught him and I did not tackle him the way that a a the way that you're taught to tackle in rugby to avoid injuries and well I didn't avoid an injury Uh, toe cleats caught And I snapped my ACL, snapped my MCL, and did two tears in each meniscus. Oh, my God. So after, from junior high, constantly having athletics, something to, hey, at least I am pursuing athletic goals. That's my identity. You dump that on top where suddenly, shoot, I'm I'm in a leg brace for over a year. I've lost all of that, and I'm on a new meal plan that is not sitting well with my body. I'm gaining weight. I'm feeling all of the emotional issues of that. Now I don't have an escape from fitness or into fitness with the competitive sports and then dealing with the the depression of my mother, the mental and substance abuse state of my father, all those pressures constantly being put on me. And meanwhile, faking it the whole time like I'm okay in front of everybody while inside I'd be laying in my dorm room with my leg propped up with an ice uh, bath machine just pumping ice through compression um, legging having no idea what I was doing stressed with school had a hard time just getting to classes because I'm going on crutches getting there and privately to only a few people who really knew me that that was my rock bottom moment and it was not a it didn't hit rock bottom like like a basketball of hitting rock bottom and bouncing back out Mm -hmm. no you sit there for a while yeah it's a constant impact where i realize i don't have any of the facade anymore Mm -hmm. i don't have these things that was that were giving me this fake confidence I don't have the same support structure that I grew up with and relied on more than I realized I did at the time who am I mm-hmm. what am I 
Why am I here? What am I doing? I had I had a faith structure mm-hmm. uh, too during that time that was very challenged because mm-hmm. the people who were my role model and that was my father. Yeah. And so now I'm mentally stressed from school, physically stressed because I'm I'm broken. I can't do the very basic things that I'd come to rely on just to maintain some kind of sanity emotionally with my family. I am broken because everywhere I turn, people are looking to me for something like I have some magic solution to put it all together. And then spiritually looking around going, well, this doesn't matter anymore. If it didn't matter for the people closest to me, what difference does it? Why, why would this happen? All of those stresses on me as well. And I sat there for a while, not having any idea, just wallowing in darkness all while still smiling. Yeah. All while still making the jokes. Yeah. That's why your first podcast spoke to me so deeply was that keeping that whether it's the positive exterior for other people or the tough exterior, whatever mm-hmm. that shell is that we put up, yep. there's a lot that's going on under the surface for people. Yeah, I think it's also what, what she mentioned too with having to always push and nothing's ever good enough. I'm the same way, like with bodybuilding or with anything. Like like me, it's like with my competitive as an athlete, how I'm driving, I, like just with with every aspect of myself, I've always been, I could be better and never give myself credit for it. So I think a lot of that too, when you hit that bottom of everything is going to shit and you're trying to put that external exterior of I'm fine. It's more along the lines of you trying to please other people saying to make sure that your you being down doesn't affect someone else. If that makes sense. You try to tell yourself that you can muscle through it, that mm-hmm. my approach to everything my whole life has been, you know, bear down, muscle through it. And particularly with trying to stay positive, you lie to yourself that it's for you that no, I'm going to have a better attitude. That's all bullshit. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's for everybody else's benefit, not wanting to stress anybody else out and honestly not feeling comfortable enough exposing and being vulnerable Mm -hmm. in that regard. Yeah, it's hard for us to put up that vulnerability because it allows us to kind of open up the parts of us that are a little bit more tender than the places that we that we have hardened and conditioned to be a certain way. Yeah, exactly. So that that was that moment where I was at my lowest point and through the intervention of people who stuck by me, be that uh, my now wife or the friends that saw through the bullshit and got the, got to see the real me, not the cocky, confident exterior that I was always putting up stuck by me. And even that wasn't enough. Yeah. Even all of the external pressures that of people trying to reach out and give you a lifeline. It's, they mean well. Yeah. But real change doesn't happen until it comes from you. Yep. As much as everybody wants to 
just like my parents has grown up that I had nothing to prove. Mm-hmm. It's all well and good. I logically know it because you're saying it, but internally, mm-hmm. not affecting my behavior at all. Yep. So that was, for me, having to come within. I remember the moment I'd gotten the leg brace off. I had very limited mobility. I was going through physical therapy. My family was in the darkest place they've ever been, uh, completely separated. My father was was in a very dark place. Man, I didn't even recognize anymore and who truthfully scared me. I remember having that moment after a physical therapy that was frustratingly stupid Mm -hmm. in regards to what I was actually being asked to perform and frustratingly hard for what I was actually able to Mm -hmm. do. I was laying in my dorm room after that with all the stresses of school, everything on there and realized this is it. This is the defining moment of are you going to let the excuses of all these things change the projection of your life? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to bear down and do something about it? Find something, some purpose that is entirely self-motivated, that is internal to you. It's not because you're trying to make your family proud, as was my original motivation. Well, that fell apart. Not because trying to uh, impress my teammates, that, that motivation fell apart. It has to come from an internal source. And when I had that moment, it was realizing I have influence on my own life. I'm still able to make decisions that will change the future. And I owe it to myself. I owe it to the people who always believed in me naturally, but I owe it to myself. Mm -hmm. And that is the biggest thing that people overlook when you start trying to do things for the benefit of other people or the what you feel you owe them you find yourself down the road and realize that's not enough support to be able to pull yourself out of those rock bottom moments yep we forget that we are on our team too like we put ourselves uh, other people first to where you kind of forget about yourself a lot absolutely Um, and I absolutely agree with where, like you said, that turning point of it's either I push forward or just let this beat me, you know, like my personal turning point with, you know, I was, you know, living out of my car and I was frustrated with the world. I was just angry because I was a good person and everything I worked for was taken and from somebody else who didn't deserve that, you know, and it wasn't until my dad texted me and he said, he said, I noticed, I know you're going through a tough time and that you don't have to tell me, I can tell. And he's like, and I noticed it also made you hardened. He's like, you, you seem very shut off towards the world. And he's like, and as hard as it is, and I don't know what you're pushing through, but as much as it is affecting you right now, there's still good people out there and there's still some positive in the world. You know, you just, you just have to make it your own and you have to find it yourself and don't let that negative get the best of you it's kind of that question that that part in your head that well that part turned me around to that exterior since I looked up to him and the fact that you had the 
interior part of yourself that said, you know what, like, no, I need to keep going. Especially for Tarina and for your friends and people who genuinely loved you and just wanted you to push. So after that moment when you did it, so what would you say, well, what was the next step for you? Like, how did you keep approaching to to start putting yourself back up? For me, it was... It was knowing the man that I wanted to be. The lessons that I had learned from my father about what being a good man was, but expanded more to my own life experience and realizing, okay, I'm not perfect. I will never be perfect, but I can keep improving. For me, having that that inner calling of, okay, I need to continue to do better led to establishing goals for myself. In going to college, I was the first male in uh, my family to go to a four-year school. So that was not an option. It's going to be stressful, but, and I'm, I'm going to have times that it's not going to feel okay, but Mm -hmm. I need to get through this. And then for me being as competitive and goal oriented as I was, but not wanting to rely on the previous methods that that had been applied because they'd fallen short, I realized the major competition I needed to have was not against other people. It was against myself. It was Mm -hmm. against that man in the mirror so obviously from years of my background we found that in fitness but everybody has their reason why whether that be bodybuilding and fitness whether that be uh hiking and cross-country running whether that be music just Mm. something that with all the craziness that's going on around everything that's falling apart you have direct control over your results because that was the biggest part for me, feeling like my life was completely going out of control. I realized I needed that one thing that I could grab onto, and it wouldn't matter what mood a teacher was in when they were grading. It wouldn't matter how a manager was feeling, and it wouldn't matter the relationship of other people's wouldn't affect my results. In fitness, for me, that was my outlet. Yeah not in the same athletic competition looking for the glory and looking for the approval of other people's but just simply I can do better than mm-hmm. I did yesterday and when I hit that moment you know what the next morning felt like no better mm-hmm. that's the sad truth about rock bottom that yep. people overlook you have that moment that coming to Jesus moment mm-hmm. of Bible hits. I know what I need to do. Mm-hmm. And it it doesn't turn around the next day. It's, yeah, it's not like those movies where you the, the hero does one thing and everything's better. Like with competing and stuff, like my dad died two days before my show and then like people would say, oh, like, like it's amazing that I like, st- you know, still stepped up there two days later for him, but people don't know is as soon as I stepped off that stage I just broke it was because I just pushed through the hardest thing I had to in my life because I lost my hero and my dad and it doesn't get better the next day after some awesome thing you're right like it's pushing through the shit times when it's still shitty (laughs) exactly it's a very good point it's you have to make that decision not one time to pull yourself out from rock bottom 
you have to find that thing internal to you, whatever passion it is that is uniquely you, that isn't influenced by anybody else's opinion, is the one thing that you can grab onto and go, I am going to do better because of this within me. Mm-hmm. And you have to make that decision the next morning mm-hmm. and the next morning because the morning after I had that realization that this was my rock bottom moment, that something needed to change and I was going to change it, life still sucked. Nothing had changed. Mm-hmm. I was still hobbling around on a leg. My family to this day, though they have stabilized somewhat, it's it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Everything has all those things took place, there was no magical hallmark moment. Mm -hmm. So a day later, a week later, hell, a month later, I'm still in that rock bottom moment. The difference is I am deciding every day that there is something I can do to improve my situation. So I am clawing from that. This podcast called The Climb from Rock Bottom and... It can be like climbing in sand. Oh, yeah. Where you're trying to pull yourself out and you're not seeing any progress. Mm -hmm. But just because you're not seeing that progress and because there's not some Mm -hmm. miraculous, your situation improved because you listened to some motivational speaker or you saw a uh, motivational post on Instagram Mm -hmm. that just spoke through to you. None of that lasts. It has to be a commitment to yourself for the long term. Mm -hmm. So slowly, things in my life started turning around. Not not directly due to only fitness, but for me, that was the realization of nobody is able to... I can't blame anybody and I can't rely on anybody else for my results. This is purely on what I put in is what I get out. And that started applying across the board everywhere else into my education into the kind of man that I was going to be for my loved ones and for my friends that being something that doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't stay perfect just because you've climbed up doesn't mean you don't slip sometimes oh yeah doesn't mean there isn't constant it's something every single day I'm still having Mm-hmm. to address it. it's improved I've mm-hmm. climbed from that rock bottom moment but it's remembering what rock bottom was yeah why I have to keep climbing mm-hmm. because it's very easy to get pulled back into yep. your lowest point it's right behind you yep and you just literally keep taking it day by day and there yeah you're right like there are some times where you just literally get pulled and it takes you and and then it gets more frustrating when it pushes you down the hill further, you know, like you finally make your up and then you go back down again. And most people have a, that's, that's one of the hardest parts too, is you keep that fight. And then when another thing happens, you're just, you feel like you can't win. And that may be the case temporarily, but then also you are creating your win by continuing, by pursuing. Yeah. And celebrating not the... The goals you set out for yourself, they are important and you should celebrate reaching those goals, but it's constantly setting new ones. Mm -hmm. You have to set yourself the little things. For me, initially was, okay, I can barely move my knee. I'm in this big metal knee brace and I'm 
I'm going into the gym. The one thing I, I can do is just get my body back under control. That'll help me feel better. But I'm doing that in a massive leg brace, slowly getting uh, movement back in my knee, but that was a rough road. So for me, the goals were, I'm going to go all five days I plan to this week. Yeah. More than, oh, I'm going to reach this max weight or I'm going to look this good for summer. Mm-hmm. No, it was just the goals every single day of when it gets to this time, I'm going. Yep. Okay, I'm cutting this out of my diet today and I'm going to mm-hmm. cut it out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And the next day I'm going to make these small improvements and that should be celebrated because the process lasts infinitely longer than the momentary goal when you mm-hmm. achieve that thing that you set out to do then comes the next one yep it's kind of like as an example let's say somebody wants to lose 50 pounds the big goal is losing that 50 pounds but on the way you have to change a few things lifestyle habits diets like what you what's um like your sleep habits and it's not just oh i'm going to diet and exercise It's being that consistent every day. I'm going to lean towards more nutrient-dense foods. I'm going to drink more water. I'm going to make sure I get more movement, do cardio, do resistance training. There's a lot of factors that build those habits before you even hit that goal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's it's putting that into perspective of it's not just handed to you of, oh, here you go, you get your life back, or here, here's the lesson, like, here's our certificate, thanks for playing, like, it's you creating those, those habits to make yourself successful, so especially when it happens in the future, again, if it happens, hopefully, like, nothing, you know, but then you're more set up for it, you know? Yeah, exactly, which is that inner growth versus the external Appearance, the external goals that you set for yourself, Mm -hmm. those are very easy to show. But if they're not backed by that internal foundation of your reason why, Mm -hmm. then it's not going to last. So the goal is to find what is my reason, what is my passion, Mm -hmm. what is going to make me get up every day looking to do just a little bit better. Mm Have you had, like, a certain moment where you're just like, I I finally made it? There's... There have been a series of those. Mm -hmm. Obviously, graduating college was a big one because that was a very tangible... This was a goal I set out for myself. Um, There was a realization that... Honestly, with my family realizing that, okay, I don't recognize my father but I can still love this person, even if the man that I knew and who raised me, even if that man's gone, I can still love this man for all of his flaws. Seeing my mother, her make little improvements, things like that. And I guess because this is the freshest one on my mind of the moments that define who we are, finding out that I was having a son. Mm -hmm. It was that... It was that moment that took all of the years from my own being a young man to the point I'm at now and realizing there is always a reason to improve and being able to look back on my own struggles and know that I am in a better place to be, 
to take all the best things that my father ever did for me mm-hmm. and to do a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And you can apply it yourself to your son. Exactly. And he can learn this from you too. And commit to not putting him in the place that my own dad did down the road. Mm-hmm. That's, for me, that's the biggest realization moment, that epiphany of you're good. You're in a good place. Yeah. You, all that darkness, all those depressions, all those stresses, you've become, become a stronger person and you are prepared to be who you were supposed to be. Yeah. You fucking made it. <laughs> good job. That's amazing. And your son is, I already know, is going to be the biggest blessing ever and Tarina is a beautiful person on the inside out and so are you so uh, like the fact that you guys get to raise this amazing human together is, is I'm so happy for you both thank and you okay. I genuinely appreciate like you sharing this and sharing that story because you're proof that even with everything being thrown at you and feeling like you lost yourself and you lost your way and nothing like everything is just on top of you and it's heavy and it's hard to get off of you you kept fighting and that's all what a lot of people need to hear is that there is light at the end of the tunnel it's just came crawling there if you need to that light at the end of the tunnel people need to remember that light starts with that internal light absolutely that there's you're not going to see the direction you got to go to reach that light at the end of the tunnel, but mm-hmm. you've got that light, that little passion, that little thing in you that you enjoy, that you can't explain why it doesn't come from somebody else's influence. It's just your passion. As I mentioned earlier for us, mm-hmm. it's very visible because of our background. Obviously, the a lot of the audience of this podcast is going to be in a similar boat of those fitness pursuits, but... You know, whether that's art, whether that's music, mm. whether that's seeing new places, experiencing new cultures, finding whatever that little thing is inside of you, yeah. that little light, you make your own light at the end of the tunnel. You find your own way. Yep, absolutely. And motivation and will get you started, but it's grit and resilience that's going to get you there. So thank you so much for sharing and for being so open and for just opening up your story to me and the podcast. I genuinely appreciate you for coming. Yeah, of course. I'm glad we got the opportunity to do this finally. Yeah, heck yeah. And (laughs) thanks for inspiring it in the first place. Um, Well, I genuinely appreciate you being here. And this is also my friend, Brandon. If you guys want to reach out and need any advice, tips, or tricks, or want to hear from him more, um, you're welcome to reach out to me on my Instagram. It's Fit, A-C-H-A-I-A Fit. Um, This has been the Climb from Rock Bottom. And thank you, Brandon. Thank you for having me. Take care, you guys.